Hi guys, welcome to CLD Talks. I'm your host today, Ian, and we have the pleasure to sit with Jack Tully. Jack, hello. Hello, how's it going? Thanks, I'm good. Thanks good. for having me. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited to yeah, excited to be talking. Excellent. Chat, yeah. So, <coughs> usual format um, with CLD Talks, the first thing we would love to hear is just a bit about yourself, a bit about your career mm-hmm. um, and your journey so far. Yeah. Um, I think probably the best place to start is probably when I moved up to Scotland. I think it's probably easier to go um, kind of with a bit of a linear narrative, yeah. just feels easier from probably for myself to talk about anyway. Um, so I moved up to, I was born in London, in North, uh, in North London, um, and I moved up to Glasgow when I was 18. I moved up for, for university. Um, so my, uh, my undergraduate degree was in theatre studies and public policy. Yeah. Um, I was always um, quite interested when I was about 16 and I wanted to be an actor and that lasted, that dream lasted about six months. I had one of those because, dreams myself. <laughs> <laughs> just because I kind of realised that the way in which I work and the things that I believe in, I felt like I couldn't necessarily do that as an actor. I felt yep. like there was, in my experience, a kind of, a lack of community and collaboration. Um, and I also realised that the politics that I have and the kind of a view of, things changing um i felt like i needed to 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 kind of um look at things in a different way so i kind of started to become quite interested in kind of community arts community theater um and that was kind of the reason why i looked at public policy i looked at sociology and public policy and kind of settled on public policy because i think there was a kind of direct correlation between looking at the welfare state how does welfare state support people what are the impacts that policy decisions can have um on those that um, are affected but also i think it kind of the ways in which the course was taught i think definitely had a kind of a real kind of community collaborative creative way of, of of learning and that for me has always been really important how can we how can we learn in different ways how can we learn in ways that aren't just your traditional kind of norms of sitting and listening and copying and 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 kind of thinking like that um and so yeah so that was back in 2013 I moved up and then since then I graduated I did a master's um in theatre practices so that was kind of more practical look at my own kind of theatre practice um and sort of whilst during that time I was doing as kind of as much I'd say it was voluntary kind of in the traditional sense of it but I was just getting involved I was just kind of being a participant in different different groups I was going to shows I was trying to do as much and to be seen and to be become someone that people recognized and they knew who I was because I was very driven and very kind of passionate about the direction in which I wanted to go into and um, that kind of has led, yeah, led me to, to do to do what I'm doing now. Can you just tell us a wee bit then about sort of the, the, the roles that you're in now and sort of the lead up to them and how you found yourself there? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as I said, kind of community arts is kind of where I started and, and I think still very much that's kind of rooted in, in my practice and, and how I see what I do is kind of very much rooted in, in various different experiences, both as a participant in community groups specifically the community collective based at the Citizens Theatre, which I um, would go to every Friday through uni when I finished, would prioritise that. That's massive. And I know we're talking a bit about role models a bit later on, but um, I'll kind of talk about that, about that as we go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I worked a lot, um, mostly with young people. I was working kind of extensively with young people that you probably consider to be at the fringes of society, um, often kind of, I think, misrepresented and, and, and I think... Um, also ignored kind of groups of young people, um, those that have been excluded from school, um, those who are at risk of coming into contact with the criminal justice system, and also young people that are very much um, in the criminal justice system and, mm-hmm. and um, who are currently um, awaiting trial or are on kind of uh, serving um, sentences, um, specifically in Pormont um, Young Offenders Institute. Um, and so I kind of made various different steps within those kind of years and finishing um, my degree where I was sort of trying to focus on arts and justice um, and really 
kind of starting to try and build up experience and knowledge um, and an understanding of, of the sector, what people are doing, how they were doing it, why they were doing it. Um, and <clears throat> then uh, I'd applied for a job. I, basically, I'd become a really... I'd become slightly disenfranchised with what I was doing. Yep. Um, I was really struggling freelancing. Um, I think that that's a big, big... Freelancing can work. And when it works, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. you get a real good taste of lots of different projects. And But when it doesn't work and you're working twice a week and you're struggling to think about what you're doing next, yeah, it can yeah. be really challenging. It can be really, really tricky. Yeah, of course. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I'd applied for a job which I wasn't necessarily sure I wanted to go for and then I got an email from Glass Performance which is an organisation that I'd kind of done a couple of days with and gone to a couple of their shows and they got in touch and basically said um, we have an opportunity to join um, Pullmont, um to join a project that they were running in Pullmont at the time called The Jukebox which is a radio show yeah. that um, some of the young men in Pullmont were creating and so I joined that and I've been working with Glass Performance ever since. So that's two and a half, yeah, it'll be three years in September. Nice. Is Glasses um, work, sorry to interrupt you, is, yeah. is Glasses work specifically in Pullman or do they do work? They do, they do work outside as well. Um, they they kind of, they've got um, Jess and Tasha who, and Louise who kind of run the organisation um, have got lots of experience in putting on shows. Um, yeah, putting on shows and making device work. Um, that's kind of what they do is they make device performance which is kind of comes from the ideas of the community in which they're working with you know very kind of rooted in in trying to find kind of areas of interest communities of interest and then making a show off the back of that um, or making a piece of work off the back of that and so that's kind of led me then to um, work um, extensively with Pullman Youth Theatre which is the only theatre in Scotland that exists um, in in a prison Um, and so yeah we've worked with probably the same group of young people kind of on and off now for two years Um, in that time we've they've we um, they've made uh, two pantomimes and a main show and again as I said our work is very much dictated by the interests of the young people that we work with Um, and I think uh, for me a real highlight of where that project is at now is the fact that a couple of weeks ago we had um, three of the young men um, who was on the project, the six, sometimes seven, um, who kind of engage with us week yeah. by week. Yep. And they had um, had met. Uh, they all stay in the same hall, so they had had a little planning meeting, and they'd come with a fully formed idea, synopsis, um, plot, um, sense of self, their own personal kind of. Um, experiences and backgrounds and they just put this idea together and they presented it to us and I think that's probably one of those moments where I was at I feel so proud of them but I also feel so proud of us as a project where the young people can feel a sense of empowerment to actually go you know what we don't want to just do this when we're together they want to do it when they're when they're together in their own free time coming up with ideas um so it's quite a bit of a tangent away from yeah, yeah. Um, so what we were your original question um, and I also um, work for an organisation called Vox Luminous um, and Vox Luminous is a is a, an arts organisation um, but is is really really about shifting kind of wider consciousness around criminal justice yeah. and that is kind of really trying to comment on people's experiences and you're trying to use those comments and use people's insights and really really kind of kind of yeah gather that information to try and make change and to try and um kind of share as i said shift consciousness and really kind of shift beliefs around criminal justice how people might end up within the criminal justice system how people might have kind of come out of it um and that's messy you know those things are really complicated and and I think one of the things that we talk about is disagreeing well is that we kind of really champion that idea that just because we've got the same one same experience doesn't mean all of our experiences are the same yeah, yeah. doesn't mean all our beliefs are the same yeah. but I think when you come when you have disagreement and you have things that are difficult and messy 
and kind of there are proper um, kind of um, ways of working those things out that are properly in place. I think you can really um, you can really dig deep into 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 something, into a topic, into a into lots of different things. Um, and so I've been working with Vox Limitless for the past six months, kind of um, in a role of project development, um, and that's kind of been looking within the organisation, um, looking at other ways in which we can tie into other organisations, how we might kind of um, look at our own community of, of people that, that come to various different projects and how they might relate to other projects and how they might relate to each other. And just want to try to real kind of enhance and boost that sense of community. What does it look like? How does it feel? And what other connections and possible links might there be with, within that? Yeah. Um, and then... And through the other side of that, which is where I mean you met Ian, um, was looking at kind of youth justice and, and, and starting to think about um, taking the learning of a previous project, which was called Kin, um, which worked specifically with young people who have experience of having a family member in prison, yeah. um, which ran for sort of five or six years, um, kind of that used to be run before me by uh, my colleague um, Rosie Reed, and. Um, that kind of what that looked like was lots of different creative projects um but also i think really importantly kind of the output in terms of what it was was quite kind of experiential projects that looked at so the one that i saw just as, a, as an audience member was called limbo mm-hmm. and that was all about the experience of going out to a prison for a visit and sometimes you might go for a visit mm-hmm. and you might be sat waiting for ages to be told it's not on or someone hasn't been booked mm-hmm. this kind of the real challenges of that but what you are is that you are in that waiting room you're in a fictional waiting room and you're at the whim of the two um kind of the the the, the two people who are running this waiting room and it was just about that and there was a workshop that followed and so that's a very specific way of working it's a very specific way of creating work and that's kind of we're taking the learning from that and trying to how can what can we what how have we learned what have we done how have we done it why have we done it and trying to think about that in relation to a new project, which is kind of maybe more broad in its focus. Um, and also just the shifts that we have all made post-COVID and lockdowns and things like that. Other different ways in which we can learn or different ways that we can disseminate information. Yeah. Um, and just trying to take all of that learning and trying to create something new and meet new people, make new connections, make new relationships. Um, and I think that's... I've the biggest thing that I've sort of been learning throughout that time one of many things is that I was so used to come into a project where all that work's already been done yeah where yeah. I was told okay you've got a 10 week project um it's going to be every Monday from five to seven you're going to be working with this group of people in this area um and then you've got that creative freedom to make those decisions yeah but in terms of understanding process and how we got to this place often I wasn't necessarily aware of that um or I wasn't asking as well and so when you're on the other side, I've kind of really started to think about when I was working in this way, what were the things that worked, what didn't work, why wasn't it working? And just trying to always be reflecting on what's been. Yeah. And I think um, this idea of, um, it's like the Paolo Ferry idea of praxis, like always trying to take what you're doing in a practical setting, always reflecting, always tweaking, always learning, yeah. always trying to understand how you can, might do it better or how you might do it different. Um, and I think yeah just learned so much in that time in such yeah. a short amount of time as well like six months when I first started I was like ah oh, March is ages away <laughs> you know away. but then like now we're sat on the 21st of March and I got 10 yeah. days left and it's that whoa uh, that's come around really quickly yeah, you know absolutely what do you think so one of the reasons that I was keen to have <laughs> you on is well, a personal vested interest, I suppose, in the fact that you work both in, in justice and, mm-hmm. and in the arts, which is sort of my background as a, a young person with justice experience yeah. who got their way out via um, performing arts. So, like, instantly there's a connection on that. But what struck me the first time that we met was you didn't describe yourself as a CLD practitioner, but you very much work to CLD principles, even mentioning Paul Freire and, and things like that who are intrinsically linked mm-hmm. with, with community development, popular education and that sort of stuff. How do you think, what do you think are the benefits of the two sectors, so the, the arts sector and the justice sector combining? 
how so they are traditionally things that you would think of quite separately, mm-hmm. but actually you're working in a way that they're doing intrinsically linked. What are the pros within that, and and also any cons if you've got any reflections on that? Yeah. Um, so I think I think where good arts practice works well, I think you kind of you're creating opportunities for people to, I think, work together on real like if you kind of go down to the real basic kind of like. Yeah. Like maybe like a, the, the form of a workshop very much follows a kind of ways in which we're working together, ways in which we're sharing personal perspectives, personal opinions, yeah. um, but then also creating different frameworks and different ways in which to tell stories. And I think we all have, everyone has a story about something. Some people might have 15 stories about one thing. There is always, always, always room um, for storytelling and I think that why storytelling is important um, is the fact that then you start to understand where people come from and also understanding self, like a sense of self, you know, where I'm, where I might ask a question about X that makes you think about, okay, so how do I relate to this? Um, and you can then put your f- perspective forward, yep. you know? Yep. And I think I try and work in a way where we're so there's a uh, someone that I worked with um, someone called Darren O'Donnell um, wrote this um, he wrote a book um, around this theory of social acupuncture and so kind of this idea I don't want to I don't want to try and butcher the the, the full definition (laughs) I'll just take the things that I've understood from it is that if there is a phenomenon or there is a there is a space so that take Pullman what within that there's always going to be the social energies that are running through it you know and this idea of like social acupuncture is just like just pointing like little needles into it and how does that change the perspective how does that change perspectives you know if you've got um, young people hanging out on the street with their hoods up and everyone's always seeing them in that one way but then they do an arts project and their local community sees them a different way that's the idea of social acupuncture just that needling yeah, at change yeah. or needling at how you might be able to just to shift the energy or shift perspectives or shift understanding yeah so uh, to me that's a, like in my head I'm envisaging like brain remapping when they talk about like shifting the neurons mm-hmm. as a, like as a physical representation yeah. of that like how do we redirect perspectives that's that it. already exist yeah. exactly and I think that's that thing about where you, in the way that we work and kind of devise theatre and, and, and storytelling and but also with music and with all kind of art forms is that I think what wherever you're focusing your energy and your, your your kind of area of interest or your research question, if you want to kind of use sort of more like education-based language, is that you can, I think, o- open opportunities for other perspectives. Mm-hmm. You can open up opportunities for learning. You can open, I think importantly, you can open up kind of maybe small, like a small C, like the opportunity for change. Yeah. whether that's personal that sense of self but also then within the communities in which you're working if me and you are having a conversation about something and we, we've understood that we both have this connection over something we're sure that's a positive thing because then it means that we've understood each other a bit more yeah. even though our backgrounds are different we might have that opportunity to take that further and talk about that in more detail um, and I think that that's where those that connection I think between art and, and, and kind of community and and, and, and well, that was what, that's what you said, wasn't it? Well, well, well actually, it was a sort of triangle. Like, I'm really interested in the way that you bring arts, communities, and justice together. Yeah, but yeah. actually, I suppose for CLD talks, the, 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 a good focal point would be on arts and communities. I yeah, and I, and I and I just think that, um, yeah, I think art allows for really creative ways to tell stories. And I think that if we're telling stories, we're getting into a situation where we can actually understand each other better, and we realise that our differences are what makes us similar but also our similarities are what makes us similar I think sometimes we can talk about difference in a in in maybe in a negative way but I think through storytelling and through perspective sharing and opinion sharing is that you realise that you might have different perspectives but maybe sometimes you reach you can meet in the middle or maybe sometimes you actually have the you think the same way about something but you're coming at it from two different places yeah. and you might have always thought that you were coming that there wasn't that connection point there wasn't that sense of uh, of of, of um, joined up thinking and I think just to kind of maybe expand a little bit more as well is that I think with arts based practice I think what you can 
really see as well is the potential for collaboration, yeah. the potential, the potential for co-creation. Um, and I know these are kind of big buzzwords, and often I think they can be misused or kind of people say, "Oh, it's co-created," but in actual fact, it hasn't been. And there's obviously nuances and, and challenges within that. But when I think it's done well, I think you really see the potentials for collaboration, for storytelling. Um, and for confidence and for self-esteem and, and to be able to be in a room where you're in a room full of peers but also a room full of other people where you feel comfortable to say well this is my experience you know or yeah. to say I don't necessarily agree with this point maybe we try it this way and seeing that work well excuse me is that you often see those balances of of a room and people taking more responsibility and then just kind of just letting someone else come through you know and I think that that just like really generous I think people can become really generous and are really generous with their time and, and listening to people's experiences and I think that's that thing about arts practice kind of and communities is that you can really see I think the arts allows for really good storytelling and there's other ways in which communities can yeah, of course, yeah. kind of engage in lots of different things you know but my experience is seeing and seeing it done, done well because it's not always done well of course um, and there's been projects where I haven't got it right or the organisation that I was working for hasn't quite got it right yeah. and that's I think that's why having understood more about community kind of learning development and CLD and things like that is a, why I've kind of really enjoyed learning but since I started at Vox is often those kind of points of reflection and big points of reflection about how has this worked why has it worked hasn't it worked and trying to always be responsive and, and really reflective and to who you're working with, how you're working with, and how important, and I think also really important, is sometimes you might not be the right person in, yeah, in that space. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that that's a really, really, really big one for me, is just that there's been times when I haven't been right. Maybe at my skill set, maybe who I am yeah. hasn't been right, and I think you, I don't know, I think that's a big one to own, you know, even though sometimes absolutely. it might not be financially the best decision for you no, as an individual. Absolutely. But this is obviously I was making a lighter joke about the finances but yeah longer time you really need to think about where you're working how you're doing so and yeah, and whether absolutely. you're actually you can be of any use or assistance or benefit to a community wherever it might be or who it might be you know yeah. when you're talking about then about that sort of you're using the arts as a medium for storytelling within communities do you have any like examples of how that affects change or even just a small sea change like mm -hmm. you said or what does success look like in the kind of work that you do oh, that's a really good question that's a good one <laughs> and it wasn't even on the list so <laughs> I'm just throwing an you extra told, you told me you, th you told me there wouldn't be any more from the list um, oh that's a good one so I think recent I think recently oh yeah that's a that's a good so like um, so I think that I think so really recently two weeks ago um, I think I mentioned it already I did mention it already we had three young people um, who had met um, outside of the time that we do um, the, outside of the time that we meet and they had we were kind of thinking about different themes for, for, for a new show what might we want to talk about what might we want to make a show about what are we trying to comment on what are we trying to change whatever those big questions and they'd come to a session and they'd uh, prepared basically like a synopsis for a play for a short play not even a short play just a play um, and that was a moment I felt of intense pride because I think that we me and my colleague Holly Holly Wharton um, had obviously kind of created a, an environment where those young people felt like they could yeah. go away come up with ideas and come back and share them with us and they had also would demonstrate within that short synopsis a total understanding for why they were making the show the impact that um, this show might have on for other people in Polmont so normally the way it works we have two performances or the young people do two performances one is for an invited audience yeah. and then one is for um, other young people and also the women who are in Polmont too yeah. and they were very kind of 
very, very clear in why they wanted to make a show about this and they want to make a show about the challenges for a young man to become the man that he wants to be after leaving school. Um, they were bringing them their own personal sense of self within that. Yeah. They were thinking, how does this relate to other people's experiences in Pormont? They were thinking about how can this, if we're talking about it in this way and we're creating a show about this for an invited audience, how might that shift their perspectives on being 16 and being a young man from um, from here and from there and, and, and what does that look like and so in terms of that idea of success and, and what does that feel like I think for me that felt like a big success because it felt as if the learning that we're trying to impart and the learning that we're, that we're trying to share had been taken on but they also felt like a great sense of empowerment to actually take it and 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 reflect and think about audience and think about the questions and think about how we're doing it and why we're doing it and to turn that into like a fully formed idea yep. um, that felt massive you know I felt really yep. kind of that real like in my heart I was like wow this is one of those moments where I, I was like this is why I, it's all worth it do you know what I mean <laughs> that's it and this is why I want to do what I want to do and 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 I think, in, in, uh, interestingly, that's how I felt when I was a participant of the community collective at the Citizens Theatre and still am, even though I haven't been, um, and hopefully be going back on, on, on Fridays going forward, um, is that that feeling that I felt when I was working in a small group and we come up with an idea and it was really good yeah. as a participant and as someone that was an active member of that community that feeling is something that I want the people that I work with to feel as well. Yeah. And they had obviously felt that, you know, they felt that that was a real, yeah. They, 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 yeah, it was clear that there was a real kind of moment of, of uh, we've understood and, and they've shared that with us, you know. And I think as well, you can get into like individual kind of people and individual, like uh, in terms of success, I don't know. That's a really good question. And it's kind of, I think that like that's a powerful example of like how that's changing lives though, and I think like for me like I'm a big advocate of arts and the justice system coming together because that was my experience, mm-hmm. and I've probably never I never got to the level of practitioner the level of skilled as a practitioner as you did in that space, but for me the, the arts was absolutely a, a gateway out of a life that I didn't love, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I actually didn't realise that I needed out until there was a door opened and I think for me like the cathartic benefits of performance um, are huge with the levels of toxic masculinity we've got the suppressed emotions and things like that the first time that I ever was able to let out emotion was as a character Mm. um, at a theatre group and that that process alone for me changed how I viewed myself it changed how I viewed the world because it was the first time I was able to regulate. I didn't need to be vulnerable. I didn't need to tell anyone my story. I could tell another story that had the same emotions and tap into the things that I was feeling mm. and the things that I was suppressing. So for me, that, that that's that's hugely important. But also that, that reflective element of understanding yourself, understanding communication styles, mm. understanding how things are perceived. Simple things like staging and angles and actually how... How, how people things can be seen from different perspectives can, mm. can really alter was realistically the thing that brought me out of the space I was in because uh. it gave it gave me the skills to rearticulate and reframe the experiences that I had. Yeah. I didn't need to lie. I didn't need to bend the truth, but I could tell the truth in a different way. Mm. And I think that's that's part of the reason I wanted you on here today because. You're a living example of bringing the two things that I experienced together for other people, and it's probably a, a space that I would really like to be in. Mm. But also, it was the, for me the first ex- example of seeing people working with young people as a job. I had never seen like yeah, I went yeah. to youth theatre. The people I had seen that worked with young people were teachers and police. Like that was my experience of yeah. adults that worked with young people. So like even that exposure to like that can be a career path, even if you don't want to be an actor, is, yeah. is, is, is huge. Like it's huge, and I think like it's something we need to get better at not just being arts, being an add-on. Like I think you you've articulated yeah. really well, like how how it can turn a lens on a person or, a, or on a community, how it can highlight inequalities, how it can 
help serve your politics, mm-hmm. which was a really, I think was a good way that you framed that at the start. Was like, how do we, how do I do something that that aligns with my politics, but it still gives me the creative outlet that I want to do? And I think we overlook that. I think so often we do community work in the typical sense, but the arts are an add-on they're a nice mm-hmm. extra or we'll get we'll get the youth theatre in to do this while we're doing a community consultation yeah, yeah. and not that we do a creative consultation do you know what I mean and I think there's for, for me there's real it's almost like that sort of three-pointed triangle of like justice community and arts yeah. aren't separate and you're probably the embodiment of mm-hmm. that um, which is which is for me hugely interesting and hopefully for everybody else who's listening I, to the podcast I hope but, so <laughs> um, like that—that that was a an example just of a, a very recent sort of success. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other big career highlights, like over from from any point that, that really stand out to you? Um, same same projects. Uh, they did a Christmas Pullman Youth Theatre did a Christmas show. Um, Christmas just gone, um, and again it was that moment of seeing. Um, I think, and not just not just saying. I've seen I've seen an empire group of young people actually seeing it because they took an idea I, I will and have said to them when they initially came up with it I was like absolutely no way should we do Oliver Twistmas um, and <laughs> uh, Oliver Twist for those that know it is very heavy um, there are a lot of um, kind of um, yeah there's just a lot going on uh, around. Um, Kind of yeah, the t- themes that felt tricky in 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 the, in the Pullman setting, yeah. Um, and these are things that we expressed to our, to the young people we work with, and you know what they um, came up with a brilliant piece, uh, a brilliant piece of of, of mad uh, thirty five minutes of all singing, all jumping, all dancing. Um, but it was theirs, and yeah. the, the way that they expressed that. The way that they expressed talking about that show, I was like, okay. I felt probably one of those moments where I felt really emotional because they were expressing the exact things that I wanted. Not that I wanted them to say, but I wanted them to feel and to experience, you know? And that was a big, big highlight. Um, I think also I've been really, really fortunate that an organisation I work with called Mammalian Diving Reflex. Um, uh, I first kind of met um, that that that, that organisation in, in Shetland. Um, I oh, yeah. was able to travel up there for with them for um, a couple of months, um, and that was the first time that I'd kind of seen other ways in which you could work with communities. That was yeah. sl- was like arts based, but was also kind of research based. Just really challenged the way that I could thought what I thought was possible, but make make them work. And since then, I've been able to travel across the world with them, making work in Australia, in Italy, in Hull, in Shetland, and um, I think that's been a real that's been a real real highlight. I I I, I think I'll and I know I'll forever feel kind of grateful and thankful for those opportunities to experience them other cultures and to experience um, being in places that um, I'm not from and being welcomed into a community but also the reason why I've learned so much from that community is because of the work that we were doing yeah whereas if I would just gone there as a tourist or I'd just gone there just to move to that place it would have yeah. taken me a lot longer uh, and got I, that deep dive right in exactly and, and I think it's then that's that thing about Understanding how communities work with arts and um, is that I was just yeah I just felt like I was able just to be in that place working working with young people who were taking me to their favourite spots who were all that as you said that deep dive you know and I think as a highlight um, being yeah being able to travel for work and being able to to kind of experience other cultures and other places and to do it in that way also feels massive and feels like a kind of a real real highlight you know yeah, um, I, I remember going on my first um, tour with them and my pal dropped me off at the airport um, and he sent me a text and it was just really like he was basically just saying that like, well done and I think I kind of that was just after I finished 
after graduating, was working part-time in the Hilton um, Hotel in Glasgow, night shifts and shifting tables. And um, and I kind of had... I think what's tricky when you're freelancing um, and whether you refer to yourself as an artist or not, I'm not sure if I do. I think there's other... Th- I've always struggled with how I would define what I do, community arts, but... Um, is that if I'm doing that stuff in the Hilton, can I consider myself to be an artist or can I consider myself to be doing that other stuff? Yeah. And the answer is, of course, absolutely yes. Um, but I got this text in my power just saying that, you know, um, that you're in a good spot if someone's paying for you to go and do a project and to travel with that. And I kind of, it was that moment where I was like, you know what? irrespective of what I'm doing and when I'm doing it, to be able to have that for two weeks or one day a week or two days a week or whatever it was is enough to make myself think, you know what, what I'm doing is the right thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying to take sense sense because I think it's really important that within the arts especially that people are balancing four jobs and that one day a week they might be working doing a project that they love but the four other days they might be working somewhere else or two days or however it works out and that was me for a long time um, is that we need to be like I don't know we need to be people need to be more confident yeah um, I think I totally get what you say like I've worked with um, a woman in a community in Glasgow in the first few times I'd met with her, we'd been on a couple of different um, sort of steering groups for, for various community projects and whatever, and she'd introduced herself as a resident of that community, and that was fine. And I was like, well, she's much more than just a resident yeah. of this community, blah, blah. And like, I remember the first time she had said, we were at something, and she still opened with, like, I'm a resident of this community, I'm a parent, and I'm a community activist. And like, for me, it was like, I'm a moment of pride in that, that she seen that she was more than just For a sure. resident do you know For what I mean sure. and actually she wasn't even paid it was a volunteer Aye. but it was actually that, that sort of like you were saying the recognition that you can be doing other things but the thing that means most to you or the thing that you prioritise or, or even just something that you do on the side is still part of your identity absolutely. and I think that's huge think absolutely that's huge. and I think just to kind of maybe finish off within that is that <clears throat> I think is in terms of those moments of big success, I think it's been, and I think it's yeah, it's just seeing sort of ind- like individual young people be able to, I think, articulate themselves in a different way, yeah. and to kind of, um, I don't know, to start seeing themselves in a different light than maybe they saw them before, whether that positive or negative, is seeing that shift and people seeing people being able to really. To be comfort, to be com- to confident in their sense of self and who they are, yeah. and to talk about the things that make them who they are, um, and to see that increase and to see yeah. that kind of be really cemented in, in in someone's kind of way of being, I think is those is is there's a few moments that I can see that in throughout yeah. my career, and I just kind of go that I'm just will yeah. I'll hold on to for a long time, you Absolutely. know, and feel really proud of, of that. Um, and it, that, that's yeah. huge even that just little, little nudge in a slightly different direction one of, one of the real bugbears I've got is, is like working with young people who are in the justice system and if you take somebody who is maybe um, an impoundment for drug dealing for example and you, you hear people say oh it's a shame because they've got so many transferable skills and blah blah well, who's telling them like how, how do you possibly expect someone to to envisage an abstract that doesn't exist like how yeah. do they know that they have good accountancy skills if yeah. no one actually has a conversation and says yeah. do you know the things that you're doing here <coughs> and just that little change in perspective can completely change direction Definitely. and I think it was, that's it's huge uh, so we were um, having a conversation a non-recorded conversation <laughs> um, but that, that thing about you only know what you know or you don't know what you like yeah, yeah you only know what you know you don't know what you don't know both yeah. true both, both true, true. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that thing I think like if you haven't been told yeah. you haven't been told something or you're not aware of it or you didn't know if it existed or you didn't know even what that word meant or whatever it is as you said if you can have one little bump to your right or to your left or forward or back or whatever direction it is 
and you start to see things in a different way and you start to go oh I can do that or I can do that then that's massive you know that's really really massive and I know there are so many other big structural things systemic issues that are in place so it requires a lot more than that but it's a start and it's I think it's an important starting point you know absolutely I think um, I had a a piece of second hand advice from James Dockery at the VRU who I think who in turn had heard it from John Carnican for mm-hmm. the VRU and the advice was just start what you start where you are and do what you can yeah. and it's simple but it's 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 true isn't yeah. it? it's it's just go with the flow and and, That's it. and keep chipping away yeah. take it each day as it comes and, and I think I don't know as I've learned more about like the CLD competences and things like that yeah. is that um, a big thing is just about understanding where you are yeah you know, it's actually taking the time yeah. to become a part of a community. Hundred percent. I think that's something that arts practice can do well, and but also yeah. you're talking about some of the cons as well of arts kind of based practice. Yeah. Um, is that like like your classic um, helicopter drop in? Yeah. Five weeks, ten weeks, da 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 da. Yeah. Project and go. Yeah. Yes that can be good but I think if you haven't spent the time to understand where you are who's in the community who are the key players what's already happening what's already going on and then just being there and being present and and listening and watching and understanding that's how you I think can build projects whether it's arts based or sports based or kind of like community based where you can actually I think have that big impact and and, and, and have that yeah. Um, because, I yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I had a um, a conversation with a guy. I'm hoping to get on here, Mark Langdon at UWS. If you're listening, I've not forgot about you. Aye. Um, but I remember I had started working in Drum Chapel for the first time. I've worked pretty extensively in Drum Chapel for the last few years, mm-hmm. and just sort of touching on what you he was asking about experience and and, and and that sort of thing. And then he said, "What are you not?" And nobody ever asked. People ask what you do, and nobody ever said, "What What are you not to this community?" And it was about him sort of just like checking my biases and getting yeah. a sort of perspective shift for question. myself. What are you not? And I was just, I was stumped to be honest because, but now I think about it quite a lot. And I think actually that's, my Mark's a CLD practitioner. And I think that's something I've now took into my practice. Like mm. when I go into a space, like what what can I be here? What am I to these people? Yeah. What can I not be? And where are their boundaries? And, and what, what can I not change? And I think that's huge. So as really, well. it's a really big question because, yeah, assumptions, you know, assumptions yeah. and bias. And that's like going and telling you and assume that you know best and assume that you what you're yeah. doing is, is the most important thing going on and assume, 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 assume is dangerous, you know. Absolutely. So over a couple of highlights, yeah. um, what about people who who are your role models or who who do you look to for inspiration or who who's gave you guidance along the way who's important in the journey? Um, every time anyone asks 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 me this question, the first person that comes into my head is Ian Wright, Arsenal football player, ex Arsenal football player, and that's um, my kind of like celebrity celebrity yeah, yeah, yeah. one, you know. Um, but kind of sorry, start like more seriously. Um, Ellie Goodman and Neil um, Packham, who are based at the Citizens Theatre, uh, mm-hmm. I'd say that those two, um, I remember this very, very vividly, is I sent um, an email to a few arts organisations, theatres, when I, in my second year of uni, right at the beginning of my second year of uni, mm-hmm. because um, my mum, who's also a big uh, massive, massive influence and role model on on, on everything that I do um, was just like you know it'd be good to maybe try and meet go and meet some people and see what what's going on and um, try and just immerse yourself in Glasgow and what people are doing what you might learn well you'll definitely learn and so got a phone call from Neil outside the, uh, Glasgow Uni Library he's like I want you come down on a Friday and so that's the community collective which I've already spoken about yeah. and from that point. I can't even say it must have been 2014 and then until now the Friday Community Collective has been a regular um, kind of fixture in my life by the past couple of months because I got a new job um, but Neil and Ellie I, I can't really articulate kind of 
Well, no, I can. I'm going to try because they, they, it's important that I do. Um, they um, provided, they made me understand what good community arts looks like. Yeah. They made me understand how to interact with different communities. They, they start, they, the processes in which I now um, deliver yeah. are the things that I first experienced with them. And and so within that, they've given me advice, experience, knowledge, um, time. Time Huge. is a massive one. Time when I wasn't doing particularly well. Time when I was and I wanted to sh- show them what I was doing. Yeah. Um, opportunities to become, to join a little project for a couple of weeks and just to be in the room and watching and listening. Um opportunities to try stuff out I remember doing my first workshop um, with them they said you can take a Friday do a Friday session and I was so nervous <laughs> and it went off I thought it went well um, and getting feedback um, and being there for me as just as just as a human being you yeah. know just being present and and uh, yeah, those two are um, really, really massive. You know, yeah. they um, I owe them a lot, um, and I know they're and they're two people that I've said this, this. I've said to them this before. Maybe not in this many words and as many detail, but that you know, people that do something just because then they're good people because they can cause because they, they can because they care. Yeah. There's nothing else. Uh, it's just problem. that, yeah. you know. And I think they, they, yeah, they saw me for who I was. They saw me for what I was trying to do, and they continue to be massive inspiration and role models uh, for me. Um, and then I'd also kind of say, and Darren O'Donnell, who I've already mentioned as well, it kind of. Um, who runs the company that I've been able to travel with. He was a big kind of role model because he kind of worked in a way that I'd not seen before. Um, and the organisation worked in a way that I hadn't seen before. And it's really like, it kind of really um, is now a big important part of the way that I see the work and, and see yeah, my yeah. work and and, 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 and and kind of also believing in myself. Yeah. Going away with them for the first time is probably the first time that I really believed in myself yeah. to to to... to see myself as someone that had knowledge and skill and, and yeah, yeah. you know and I think that's a big thing you oh know? absolutely believe in I think particularly in Scotland like I think everyone like, we talk about imposter syndrome but I think like the real imposter is the one that doesn't have that syndrome mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know it's like absolutely um, and I think that's important I think sometimes it's important to check yourself and, course, to, and to go wait hold yeah. on a second you know but that sort of working with, with Darren and, and Tina and Alice um at Mammalian really yeah I was able to see myself doing what we were doing and I think that was the first time that I properly went I can do this and believing in myself yeah, um, and then my mom, obviously my mum and dad and for both in different ways I'd say that in terms of in a kind of work context both um, have I've learned lots from kind yeah. of both work in kind of similar um, maybe not not arts-based, but similar kind of, um, both work in similar areas in terms of community-based, justice-based, community justice-based work. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, again, just being advocates for myself when I needed it the most. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and, and people having your back and going, you can do this. Yeah. You just need to... No, believe in yourself yeah. and um, I say thanks so many of the young people that both of us work with need isn't it like it's, mm. it's important to recognise that like when you have it as well like. massively and and yeah and also kind of yeah just that constant my sister obviously my sister too um, my younger sister but definitely acts like my biggest my big sister <laughs> you know um, but yeah I think those kind of like th- those kind of feel really really key yeah. um, I'm trying to think kind of like going back 
to when I was at school and there was a couple of drama teachers, Miss Keats, Miss Stables, Mr. Contour, Mr. Brown, that um, again kind of like, yeah, you're good at this. So let's just do more of it. Let's yeah. try it out. Let's try stuff out. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, Neil and Ellie, I think kind of in terms of the work and the work that I do and, and I think even just simply having realising what was possible yeah. and I think those two kind of really opened my eyes of how to be excellent practitioners yeah. but also how to be excellent humans humans <laughs> full stop nah, they, sound, they sound like good, good people very good people excellent Next question is, I suppose, the flip side of what we've been talking about, and I'm going to sort of merge the two into one. But like, well, what is the biggest challenge that you've faced, or and or um, what would you change in the sector mm. you work on? And do the two make the same the same answer or, or not? Yeah, I think that they, they probably are quite similar in terms of their answer. I think, I think, systemically, where we're at now as a country is. Feel, for me feels quite scary feels yeah. quite full on um, it feels as if we seem to be moving into a direction where more communities are going to go without yeah. and more communities are going to be ignored um, we're also seeing a rise in division and how we divide yeah. and and I think that's um feels really scary for me I think that kind of the rise of of division and the rise of hatred is 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 um, yeah it's really terrible um, but I can understand uh, how easily it's done yeah. and how easily it started yeah. and we're seeing that at the moment um, I think also the, the biggest challenge I think working within arts and justice is the fact that we're coming up against a system that is massive. <laughs> um, I think sometimes I use this analogy. Um, I, I, yeah, it's a loose analogy, but I describe this as imagine that running at a wall, and some weeks you're just running at the wall and you're bouncing off it, and some weeks you're running through the wall and the brick just slightly moves. Yeah, which is kind of sometimes how it feels. Yeah. Is seeing is working within a system which at its core I don't believe in or I don't believe in it in how it works yeah um, that's a common justice system I think one of the challenges of, of, of working within an arts and prison setting is that um, sometimes what we do can be just be like decorative it can be yeah, absolutely. it's decorating the system and then the system can go look at all this brilliant stuff that the young people can do yeah Absolutely. Um, that's a big problem. Yeah. Um, and I see that quite frequently. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really tricky, really, really tricky, because I think at its core, we need to see radical, radical shifts in, in what the community system looks like. Yeah. Um, I think that when I think of some of the other people that I have worked with and continue to work with, what is needed is not Paulmont. I think uh, I think exactly. Sometimes I think some of the young people I work with is what is needed doesn't exist, which yeah. is more worrying. Yes. <laughs> like it's not even just that that isn't the right setting; it's that there isn't one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a bit of a big problem. Yeah, and I think that starting what I was saying about communities kind of maybe being ignored is that funding, whether it's local. Uh, council funding whether it's national government level funding whether it's smaller pots of money yeah. is that I think the funders are asking us to do more on less absolutely so and, the bottom. do you know and yeah. there are and we're in a situation where because funding is tighter and is more competitive because other funding has stopped and yeah. cost of living has gone up and all of this stuff um, we're in a situation where people are having to do more even though they're not getting paid for it because yeah. the need is so immediate we were talking earlier about that short term versus long term thinking yeah. is that there is a lot of short term thinking that we have to do because so many people are in crisis yeah. but if we're only able ever to do short term thinking because we have to and we will continue to do that yeah. um, 
this long-term vision of what's possible yeah. and of what's possible to change um, becomes further away. Yeah, absolutely. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. Exactly. Yeah. And we can only do what we can do at that moment in time. And if more people are in crisis and more people are, are, are struggling, whether it's with housing or X or Y, that is a big, that's a big issue. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I um, totally agree. I think yeah. that for me, like, the, the funding, the detail wags the dog a little bit mm-hmm. and it's the outcomes that you need to make sometimes mean that you have to avoid the, the, the direct needs. Um, for me, that, this yeah. isn't my podcast, so that's... <laughs> but like, And then you're applying for funding and you have to try and prove things that maybe you might not necessarily... We're looking to, 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 to prove or you're working a different way. Yeah. Um, I just think... And then, yeah, and then you see organ, like big organisations getting big pots of money and maybe that... Um, maybe that would have been better spent investing in the community yeah. or the communities that already exist in that place rather than, yeah, I don't know. I just think, yeah, the finances of... of, of I know it's very easy to say, ask oh, the finances, da, 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 but the finances where we're at, both like socially, yeah. that's also being reflected into the work that we're doing and, and, that, and that feels really, really kind of... That feels really damn like damaging, scary. Both of those things yeah. on on more than one level, which we've just we've just talked about. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. And I, like, I definitely feel like working in communities, working in community development spaces, the workforce are feeling the, the brunt of the the do more with less culture that is now almost accepted. And yeah. I think like funding is so directly competitive that that people have to actually commit to doing more. It's not even that they just they do it as a byproduct of having so much work mm-hmm. on. They have, they're having to commit to delivering more with less than their neighbouring organisation because they need to win the money to stay afloat. And yeah. it, like, and it should... And it, sorry, to, sorry to cut you mm-hmm. off. But that, I think... That, I think, does the exact opposite of mm-hmm. what is necessary. And if we were... If joined up thinking... If we were... If we had the time and space to really engage in proper joined up thinking and networking. Yeah. I know that does exist and does happen all the time. But if that's something that might be put to the side because we have to do more of this or yeah. do more of X, then organisations doing the same thing shouldn't be competitive. They should be working out what they do, how they do it, who does it best, and learning, 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 learning all the time. And that, um, I think, just sometimes can be... Um, yeah. Come, uh, yeah, come, come, yeah. <laughs> sort of lost my train of thought there. Sorry. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> last question. Um, conscious that we're, we're getting to time, but yeah. last question: If someone was to start out in in the field that you work in, which I suppose is probably quite niche, but yeah. um, mm. but, but looking across the, the broad spectrum of, of communities, justice, arts, and all the spaces that you work in, what advice would you give to someone um, starting their journey? Just reach out. Um, I think I was always yeah reaching out by reaching out I mean to send any people people are generous you know not all like obviously not all the time people have time is at a premium as we've just discussed but the biggest thing for me when I first started out is just that I was just emailing everyone I just I had a real desire to learn I had a real desire to understand what people were doing and why they were doing it and I just all I wanted to do was just understand and learn. And so I prioritised doing that. Um, and I was, yeah, like quite fortunate that the job that I had when I was at uni was like a zero hours. Yeah. And so I could kind of pick and choose when I was working. And I know it's not always easy to go and have a meeting and take a full day out of work, you know. Of course. That's something that like, I was kind of important to check myself within that, that I had the opportunities to do that because of various different things. But I kind of, I, the reason why I started to meet lots of people and build up my own network mm. is because I just made that time. I just emailed going, I've seen you've done this. I'm really interested in hearing a bit more about it. Be really keen to have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee at some point. Yeah. Can, we, can we make that happen? Some people obviously didn't get back to me, but some people did, you know. Mm. And I think that that's when I started to realise, ah, so this person's doing this, this person's doing that. And then you start to see that network yourself. Yeah. And then you might be able to see actually how I fit into this. Yeah. Or how can I get involved doing that? And then you meet one person. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a 
positive pyramid scheme you know when like <laughs> absolutely you meet one person absolutely. and then they introduce you to three other people and those two other people introduce you to six other people and, yeah and you start to see that and it i just ties you know, in what we were you're talking about earlier with like not being able to imagine the things that you don't know mm-hmm. uh, and i suppose proximity exposure and connection other things yeah. that help sort of help you get a grasp of the, the wider picture mm-hmm. but also like see your place within that and that's good yeah and I think that's a, I think that's that, that's a big one in seeing your place, you know. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of I try and I try and think about that as a question kind of quite a lot. I think because what can we see, or kind of like how can I see this being different, or how can I see where I might fit into this? Yeah, you know, those are big. Um, those are big things, you know. How can you see yourself where you're at, and then kind of broaden that, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think that's us at the end of today's podcast. Have you anything you want to add before we? No, just thanks for having me on. I hope it. Um, I hope people have I don't know enjoyed listening and some of what I've said has made some some sense. I hope so. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely, Jack. Thank you very much for taking the time out to come and chat to us. Thank you, um, and we'll see you on the next episode. See you Cheers. Later.